0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, it's time for Charitable Georgia. Brought to you by Bees Charitable Pursuits and Resources. We put the fun in fundraising. For more information, go to Bees Charitable Pursuits dot com. That's B-E-E-S Charitable Pursuits dot com. Now, Here's your host, Brian Pruitt.
1: Good, fabulous Friday. It's another fabulous Friday morning. Even though it's a little rainy outside, we do need the rain and it's finally getting cold out there. Christmas is just around the corner. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. We were off last week for Black Friday because the building wasn't open and I couldn't get in. So there's no point having a show. So uh We got again, we mentioned we got three fabulous guests. If this is your first time listening to Charitable Georgia, this is all about positive things happening in the community. And normally I start with ladies first, but the two ladies I have asked me to start with a gentleman first. So William Thomas from Golf to Grow. Welcome this morning.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: It's probably unusual for you to get to go first, huh? It usually is uh, always me first, though, honestly. Oh, it's all about you, right?
0: <laughs> no,
2: it's just people want to see me mess up first. There you go. There you go.
1: Well, you and I uh, have met and talked, and we have a lot in common. We're both Buckeye fans. And, yes, sir. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't beat Michigan again, but that's okay. Right. You know, we'll, 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 We still maybe have an outside shot. So uh, we both have a passion and, and heart for helping others. So if you don't mind, share a little bit about your background, and we'll talk about Golf to Grow. Absolutely. So – um, I'll just start first with my wife just
2: because that's the major part of my life uh, My wife and I have been married 22 years. We got married as teenagers Uh We have literally grown up together. Uh, we don't know life as adults apart from each other Uh, we have four awesome children uh A 21 year old or soon to be 21 an 18 year old a 14 year old and a 13 year old Our three oldest are girls. Uh, our baby is a boy. He is spoiled rotten Um, and uh, we enjoy the tra- traveling. Uh, that is probably a big major portion of our life uh, is traveling. We believe in culturing our kids, getting them to uh, understand and experience other backgrounds and lifestyles and and cultures. Uh, so we love to travel, especially with our kids. Uh, and we enjoy uh, the game of golf, as we'll talk more about. I'm sure that's uh, at least I do. My wife likes it from a distance. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you're also a veteran. You served in the Navy, correct? Yes, sir. I yeah, do. Excellent. Thank you for your service. Certainly. So, uh, what did you do in the Navy? What was your uh... um,
2: my my title of my rating was a sonar tech. Um, but, uh, after two years I was injured and, uh, spent the last two and a half years on limited duty in a legal service office, which really helped me transition out the military very well. Uh made some great connections, got into finance and that really,
1: uh, to be honest, started my, my career and where I'm at now, I believe. So we, uh, I already know a little bit about this, but you were sharing with, uh, Kimberly a little bit, but you, you were, you are from Ohio, but your wife's from here. So tell us how you got from Ohio to here. So
2: my mom um, got remarried to a gentleman uh, here in Georgia and I kicking and screaming uh, moved to Georgia. I was a big deal in Ohio. I I hate to sound pompous, but I was fairly good at athletics. (laughs) So, um, you know, I I had some clout in Ohio. So coming to Georgia was not fun to me. Um, And to be honest, I had never experienced life in the South. Um, I'd never experienced some of the dynamics culturally that um, maybe the South had especially when I came here. So that was a huge shock for me. Um, But to be honest, Cherokee County is a fantastic county. Um, If you have somewhere to raise a family, to to worship, to play, to start a business, to be involved in the community, Cherokee County is absolutely the place. Um, I I
1: would not want to be in any other county, to be honest. There's a few other counties that have portions of the county that's like Cherokee County, but I've never met anybody who lives in all parts of Cherokee County who talks about the whole county that way. So, Mm um, all right. So. Well, we'll get into the, your business in just a second, but tell me why you just have this heart for helping organizations in the community.
2: All right. Well, I think it just comes to um, uh, part of it is I, I, I uh, and maybe this is a bit personal, but um, at at 17, I became homeless and um it it was a uh, a challenge for me to graduate high school not because of grades or a lack of effort it was a, a lack of an ability to have a place to shower and get to school um and there were people that really really stuck their necks on the line for me including my school counselor um that allowed me to live with her the final 6 months of my senior year so that i could graduate um so i have a, a just a real heart for taking those who are overlooked um, those that have needs that um, especially in most cases, if you just had a dollar would would make a difference and in our community that happens to be a lot of nonprofits that that are serving our community that are underserved um that where there's needs that need to be met um so I just have a, a you know a selfish passion because I know what it feels like to be didn't do anything wrong, nothing that you had a choice on you just find yourself in a situation that life has given you um and if there's some resources, if there's some education, if there's somebody that comes alongside of you, uh, there's a difference that can be made. So uh, just because I personally experienced some some things, I, I just want to be able to help the next individual that is going through that. Um, and I understand that I don't have 30, 40, 50, 60 years of inroads in those services, but there's organizations that, that have personally been affected by it, that care about that, that if I can just help partner with them to help them raise money, then they can take their passion and go with it.
1: Well, you said it was selfish, but I don't think it's selfish because that's why everybody in this room, I think, does what they do. There's a reason everybody's involved in the community because of part of their story. I mean, I haven't shared my story yet on the show. Eventually I will, but I went through some stuff. Uh Three of them were were life things that I shouldn't be sitting here, but the community was with me and for me, and that's why I do what I do for the community. So um you also are kind of like me, and uh, even though I don't like golf tournaments, doing them, but you like doing them. But you were sharing with Kimberly before we got on the air. You don't go after the big boys as far as the big bucks and stuff like that. It's more the smaller community. And I'm the same way. You know, you raise probably a little bit more than money I do, but I average about a thousand dollars a month in some of the events that I do. And whether it's a thousand dollars, $10,000 or $12,000, mm-hmm. every dollar imaginable for a, a nonprofit is, right. goes a long way. I remember the first time when I started this January doing the trivia that I do, the first nonprofit is footprints on the heart and they deal with people who, baby families who lost babies. And when I handed her a thousand dollar check, I wanted to be more just because of what she does. Right. And she told me, she goes, if you hand me a twenty dollar check, it wouldn't have mattered. Mm-hmm. And then she said, but you just bought me five caskets for the year. Right. It's amazing right. when when you get to hear that. So share golf to grow what you guys do. And then you've got an exciting thing that you just are getting ready to that's happening as well. Yes, sir. So golf to grow really started by accident. Um, as I
2: said, I, I like to golf. Um I don't use the word love because I love my wife. Um and I like my kids a lot, but I like, like, like golf. <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding, I love my kids. Yeah. But um I, I like golf. Um, but we were getting ready to head out of town and I just wanted to have a little get together with some friends. So I asked them, Hey, would you guys want to get a Fortson together? Let's go play some golf. A couple minutes later, some of the guys in the same circles text me and said, hey, we'd like to play, too. Can you book another foursome? A few minutes later, I started getting PayPal's and Venmo's and and money coming to me saying, hey, book us a foursome, too. Well, within a few minutes, we've got a huge following or gathering of people wanting to play golf. So I said, hey, if we're going to go out there in this big group, let's raise some money and give it away. It's just just, you know, let's have some competitions, raise some money, give it away. Um, And we were able to raise a substantial amount of money in about two and a half weeks. Uh, so my wife said, why don't you do this for a living? And I said, well, who's going to pay me to put on golf tournaments like that just seems so superficial? You know, no one's going to do that. Uh, So we really we uh, actually it's funny because we're going to Chicago this weekend. But last year we went to Chicago and we literally had our napkin presentation of the pros and cons of why this business model may work who we would target, what our compensation would be if we took any. Um, so we sat down and we said, well, there's there's a need in our community for nonprofits to raise money. And during covid, which we saw uh, charitable giving decreased, not because people are bad people, because they didn't have the resources, the extra money. But what they did not stop doing was playing golf like the golf courses was still always booked. So I'm like and my wife was like, if people need to raise money, and they're still going to golf, even if they don't have extra money, they will not cut that expense out. Let's use the community who, one, plays golf. Two, small businesses that still need consumers to come in their, in their in their offices and their stores and their warehouses to benefit these nonprofits. Uh so we really put together pitched to a couple of nonprofits thinking, you know, we'd do two or three this year and, you know, we'd kind of see if this was gonna work. Uh and within a week and a half, two weeks, I mean, it was can we do it? Can we do it? Can we do it? Can we do it? It's a no brainer, no brainer, no brainer. Can we get on for next year? Can we pay you already now for next year? Can we get on your schedule? Can we get on the waiting list? And, um, it, it, again, it started by accident. Um, but we've had, uh, this last year we did seven golf tournaments. We had almost 400 golfers attend those seven tournaments. We raised over $58,000. We had 136 sponsors, which like that's freaking huge. I mean, excuse mm-hmm. my language, but that's freaking huge. Right. Um, and it's exciting to know that we get to turn over a check to our nonprofits um, There was a comment made by one of the executive directors and he said um, to us and his whole goal was and and I'm not going to share who the nonprofit is, but most of their monies comes from Medicaid. Um, So their needs are met. But what they don't have is their wants. They don't have updated equipment um, that their the people they serve need to have. They don't have the ability to give their staff a two day vacation in Helen, Georgia, so they don't get burnt out. You can't promote that. You can't tell people that, hey, I want to raise money so I can send my staff on a vacation because unfortunately people get in their feelings about that and they say, oh, you're wasting the money. Well, they need it. They have to get a break. They have to get some time off because that stuff gets overwhelming, especially when it's emotional or physical and things like that. So we're able to write him a check and get him a check from these sponsors so that he can give his staff a vacation, something he couldn't promote. But that is much needed. To me, that's that that's daggone cool. That's awesome. Um, So that is is kind of how Golf to Grow started and where it's at. Um, And what we've realized is that there is an opportunity here in Georgia um, to really do more than that. Um, Right now, having seven tournaments a year is primarily because of the weather. Um, When it gets hot, no one wants to play golf like in a tournament because it's a six hour event. Nobody wants to be there. And when it's cold, no one wants to be out there. So we're limited to about seven clients a year. That is the maximum that we can do. Um, So we started looking, how can we do something year round? And that's where the Golf to Grow Indoor Golf Experience came out. Um So as you've probably seen on social media, we have leased the space. We've got a 4,000 square foot building. Um, We are putting simulators in there. We have started our build out, got the architectural designs in. Um, and the goal is to be live by February. But that will allow us to take advantage of like days like today, where regular people who just want to play golf, but don't want to walk in the rain. Or it's cold or it's super hot or they don't have four and a half hours can come and play, practice, learn. But then also we can have year round tournaments. We'll have four simulator bays in there so we can be able to bring on, on board more nonprofits because we have multiple months we can add to our schedule that right now we just can't. So, um, we are, it's exciting that, uh, um, we're in a community where obviously there's nine, there's nine golf courses in Cherokee County. So, uh, obviously that makes sense, you know, as far as the business side of things. But that so many people just want to be a part of of meeting a need. And to be honest, when you take a nonprofit and you say, hey, can you help this nonprofit? A lot of people think, well, if I give $100 or I spend an hour volunteering, it doesn't mean much. So they just don't do it. But if they get to play golf and know that part of their money goes to that, they're like, oh, I'll absolutely do it. So it allows people in the community who want to serve, who want to be a part, but who feel like their dollars don't go far to still be, to be involved. Um, and from the sponsor side of things, those businesses in, in i mean i'm a I'm a marketing guy you know financial guy from you know just background, but for a business to want to sponsor a golf tournament, it makes sense for them. Um, they know that seventy to ninety middle class consumers of products are going to be there, and they can put their service in front of those consumers. So, from the, spo- the standpoint of the sponsor or the business, it makes perfect sense for them. that the, We don't have a problem getting sponsors because they understand the return on their investment. They do 500, they do 1,000. They have 70 people who make 60, 80, 100 grand a year. Their spouses make 30, 40, 50, 60, 80 grand a year. They have 2.2 2 kids. They have a house. They have, you know, they need new fences. They need HVAC. They need a roof. They need to get plumbing done. So, those businesses want to be in front of those type of people. And unfortunately, other than the nonprofit giving a A pat on the back or a thank you, they really can't give anything back. But when they do a golf tournament, there's something that 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 business can get back. So we found a a business niche where the community benefits, the services that that need to be provided from the nonprofits, those nonprofits benefit. And then also the golfers get
1: to be a part of that. Um, So it's just, it's been fun. Um, it's been awesome. Well, you, and you talked about your indoor facility, but you also said something. You already on a two year waiting list. That's pretty amazing.
2: Yeah, it's, it
1: is pretty cool. <clears throat> so I, I shared with this earlier. I don't know that you guys know this or have listened to my back shows, but, uh, uh, Teresa being from Bartow County, you probably need to know this. I don't know how many there are in Cherokee County, but there's 840 nonprofits just in Bartow County. That's, oh. and Bartow County is twice the size or less two size smaller than Cherokee. Mm-hmm. Which is insane. So, um, so I, I want to go back to your sponsors for a second. So, um, I know some people have said to me with my events, "Hey, if you become a nonprofit and you're a nonprofit helping a nonprofit, you find more people giving money because it's more of a tax write off." It's the same. It is, and I don't think people really understand yeah. that. Yeah, you know, you're you're, but it's uh, you get more. I think by doing something like this for the marketing aspect, at the branding aspect, than than just the tax write off. Would you right. agree?
2: I totally agree you you get uh i mean it, it's it's just you get i mean I, I for me, it's about feels more than the dollars like i I like the feeling of doing it I, again, I think that's kind of selfish but but like i I heard somebody ask me or had somebody ask me years ago, do you give your wife flowers because you like the feeling of her getting the flowers and knowing she liked it or the fact that she likes flowers, and to be honest, give her flowers because I know it makes me feel good because she feels good that she got flowers. And that's kind of selfish, but that's why I do it. Like I like knowing I'm the conduit and that gives me jacked up feelings. So I'm excited about it more than I'm actually doing it for them. I'm doing it for me um, because of the way it feels. Um, So I think that energy comes through. So when we talk to businesses, when we talk to sponsors – um, and I don't have a problem hearing the word no, and I'll keep asking beyond the first no, and the second, and the third no. Um, that's why I've been married 22 years too, because I keep asking. <laughs> but uh, um, you know, I, I believe in it. I believe in what I'm doing wholeheartedly. So I'm not pitching or selling or or convincing or coercing. I'm I'm really believing in what I'm doing. Um, and I think that these businesses, when I when I'm engaging them, you know, obviously they're generally good individuals anyway. But but I think they they see that through me and, and through what we're doing.
1: Well, you keep saying that it's selfish, but I like to just tell you that it's not selfish because you said it makes you feel good, but you're helping somebody else. Uh, even if you're just handing your flowers, uh, you know, flower wife flowers to your wife. I'll yeah. get it out in a second. <laughs> One of those can't see past my IT thing. Um because there are other selfish people out there who do stuff just for them, right? Mm-hmm. And while you're doing it for yourself, it's a different reason. Yeah. So I just want to say it's not selfish. Well, thank you. It's oh, great. Very commendable. All right. <laughs> um so let me ask you this. I've seen some pictures of you at the Canton Business Club. You do some networking and stuff. Well, there's another thing we talk about on here is the power of networking. Mm-hmm. Do you have a positive uh testimony you can share about networking? Certainly. So I've um uh BJ McCraney,
2: um, is a, a good bud of mine that um he and his wife have become really great friends of ours. Um and that has nothing to do with business. It's I got to meet great people. And I have people that are in my circle that um, I can count on, that I can call upon. Um, I wish I could say there was some business that came out of it. And and there, I mean, I guess there has been maybe. I mean, he's done some sponsoring, some small sponsorships there, but but it's just a good friend. Um, and and to me, uh, man, this, so I don't want to keep talking too much, but I grew up without my dad. Um, so I got really attracted to male leadership. Um, and... Like I don't cry very often, um, but if men cry, I cry. Um, and if if and if men disappoint me, I, I mean, I get broken. Um, I've had some mentors in my life, some leaders in my life that have really disappointed me, um, because I've always been looking for male leadership and I latch on to male leadership. And when they when they disappoint me, it literally breaks my heart. Um, so I I I I look for strong men, strong leaders, and people that I can I can have relationships with, um. And and to me that's been the best thing that's come out of networking. Is I've got um some people that I've added to my foxhole that um if something were to happen to my wife or to my kids or if I you needed something had a flat tire or whatever. I mean just simple stuff that, that I know they'd be there. And um so that that uh I wish I, I wish I could say, Oh, it's some great business. Da, da, da. I don't really care. Well, there's all about things that.
1: about networking yeah. because I think people have the wrong mentality when it comes to networking Mm -hmm. right i was one of those first people when i first networked i was a hungry sales guy here's my card here's my card here's my card let me sell you let me sell you and that's not it it's about Mm -hmm. getting another person establishing that relationship and it's all about them not you Mm -hmm. Uh, i've got a good buddy who became a good friend of mine from networking like you're talking about named kevin harris and he has a nonprofit, all in all out he listens every week so i pick on him because he's the one that i got started about crying Mm-hmm. So you talked about men crying when he so I made him cry four times in one night. So if you're around him, you'll probably cry. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> um. So let me ask you this: You started a business, obviously golf to grow. Um. First of all, um, I, it's kind of obviously in the name, but I'd just tell me why you chose that name.
2: Well, I'm big on alliterations, so I like the the double G's. Uh, I mean, I'm just our kids' names are Madison, Mackenzie. Macy. And then my son's name is an upside down name. It's William. So we we I'm very big on that. Um their middle noise middle names are joy and grace. I mean, it's it's just it's I'm weird. Um, I like patterns. So uh it just made sense and I wanted something to connect it that was different than letters. So I, you know, golf to grow. It just uh it, maybe if we would have thought it maybe differently, there may have been a different name because people are asking us, Well, do you guys do kids lessons and stuff? And we're like, it's coming, but it's not there yet. Cause right now we just host golf tournaments. Uh, you know, that's our, our primary model now. Um, but that it, it just, it was the alliteration
1: and I wanted to separate the words with a number. So it just made. Off to grow was was it? There you go, awesome. So you mentioned uh, obviously you're already on a waiting list for two years, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it just Cherokee County that you that you will serve people, or you work with anybody outside of Cherokee County? That's a good question. So we do have one um,
2: that we've hosted this
1: past year that was in Fulton
2: County, and that we'll do again next year. They're already in the books for next year. Um, and the the primary reason we do that it did that is the individual who's on the board uh, is a mentor of mine that I've known for twenty plus years. And um I have a heart for what he's doing in his community. And when he asked me, I, I I couldn't say no. Um if it would have been anybody else, I would have definitely said no. I don't want to drive to Roswell. I don't want to go that far. Um and again, there's so much need in our four hundred and thirty-four square miles in Shaokee County. Like there's so much need here. So um I, I, I'd much rather be in Shaokee County. Um and and, you know, I guess to to be logistically sound. Um, I have connections here too. And it, it's, you know, it's easier for me to engage businesses where I I'm actually here and I'm actually engaged and I have some kind of, Hey, I've used your services or I've been there, or, I've passed by, or I've seen your sign. Or, da, 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 da. If I go out to, to Fulton County, I don't have that same, that same impact. And, um, you know, I'm just a regular old little guy. Uh, Fulton County is maybe above my pay grade. You know, it's, um, uh, Nothing bad about the people there at all, of course, but it's just it's above my pay grade, you know. Right. Um, Cherokee County, more of my people.
1: Right. But if somebody wants to talk to you, you'd probably talk to them.
2: To the chagrin of my wife, yes. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'll help you. I can do it. I'll fit you in the schedule. My wife's like, no more, William, next year, you know,
1: um, or the year after, you know. So, so let me, without giving away too much of the secrets or whatever, can you just give us a, a brief rundown on how it looks like when a nonprofit approaches you or vice versa?
2: Absolutely. So um we we sit down, um, and my first thing is is what are your goals? What are you trying to accomplish? Dollar wise, in the timing, what's your what's your, your ask of the community? Do you want the dollars or do you want to be more known? Um, do you want golfers to see who you are and what you're doing, or are you just trying to to generate money and neither one of those are bad. I mean, if you, if you need money, I, you, you got to get money, of course. But if your goal is just to get the visibility out there, that's important too. So we just find out what their goals are. We find out what their time frame is. Um, we, we ask our clients, we need at least a minimum of six months to, to get in a tournament. We are not doing it any sooner than that. So if you have a youth mission trip in March this, you know, next year, I'm not your guy. I, I can't help you. Um, I'd love to, but I can't. I, it's just not fair to you. I'm not going to do as good a job and I'm going to start stressing and pushing, which doesn't do anything well for your your costs. Um, so at least six months um, we go through our fee structure. Um, I am a big fan of being paid based on results. I've never been a really good salary guy. Um, even in the Navy, that's probably why I didn't stay. Um, excuse me is I don't I don't like getting paid just to, for my time um, because I only have so much time. So I'm much sure rather get paid on my efforts. And that's how our company is compensated. We get paid based on the results we provide. We don't charge them billable hours. We don't ask for a $5,000 retainer. We say, hey, if we raise X, Y, Z dollars, here's the percentage we ask to get paid so that we only get paid when we produce the results. It doesn't stick the, the nonprofit in a, in a hole. They don't have the money to pay me a $5,000 retainer. I can make $5,000. They just can't pay me that up front. I need to get paid as the results come in, as they're getting checks, as they're getting their compensation from their various sponsors and golfers and things like that. Um, and then we we really look at um, their warm market and and who they know, who they serve, and who has served them. If you know, and I I tell people, you know, if I, if if my barber um, was unwilling to give me something to donate to a golf tournament, I'd find a new barber. If I'm going to support you and patronize your business, I'm not asking you to give me a thousand because you may not have it. But you can give me a gift basket with a free haircut and some lotion and some, you know, some skin cream. You know, if my wife goes to the salon and they're unwilling to donate something, we're going to find a different salon. Um, and that may seem, seem harsh. But and I tell my clients that if you have people that have done your lawn for the last six years at your place of business or your place of your nonprofit and they're unwilling to support you in your golf tournament, you need to find a different maintenance system, a maintenance care provider. Um, and sometimes that's kind of a bit harsh. But if you patronize someone's business, they ought to patronize you back. Yep. Um, so we go through and we'll sit down with our clients and say, hey, who, who on your board has a business? Well, let's try to get them involved. Who do they use for the services that they provide at their home and their place of business, their place of worship at, at church or whatever it may be? So we generate 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 names of potential contacts that they're already close to, that like them, care about them, love them, have supported them, have given them money before in the past – and then I engage him and say, hey, look, this is what it looks like to be a sponsor in a golf tournament. These are the pros and cons. These are the perks. This is the kind of return on your investment by being involved you know, in front of 70 to 90 middle class consumers and being around you know, 15 to 25 other businesses that are sponsoring. So you have the opportunity to network and engage as well. So so we really um, articulate that clearly to our clients. Um, and then we tell them, let us do the work. Um, we'll do the work uh we we will we'll ask you permission if we get a sponsor that comes in we'll ask you know cuz there's some nonprofits that say you know what um Bacardi rum company here in in Woodstock Georgia uh they want to give a $1000 but my nonprofit's a church and they don't want that to be their sponsor okay let me ask you do you want this sponsor no we we don't want to we don't want that um local cbd store uh we're a sports organization we're a sports nonprofit we we just can't be we can't have that uh but then there's other ones that are like I don't really care. It's money. We'll take it, you know? So, but we, we just go through and tell them what we anticipate. Um, and then we tell them to kind of sit back, wait till tournament day, and then we'll ask you for volunteers and then we'll give you a big check. Uh, you know, you'll have getting, gotten checks throughout the months as they're coming in. Um, but we'll present a big check. Uh, we'll ask you your reviews. We'll ask for your thoughts and then we'll really do a debrief about two weeks after. We'll solic- uh, submit the solicitation report to the state because I'm licensed by the state to solicit money for nonprofits. It's a, unfortunately, a nefarious industry of people taking money from nonprofits. I'm licensed to do it. So it's our company. Uh, and then we just see if they want to do it again next year and, um, or if we want to do it again next year, you know, sometimes there's pulling teeth that happens. Like, I need your list. I, I, I can't call anybody. I can't reach out to a business if you don't give me a list. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll determine if we want to. Engage them again. Um, but, uh, every one of our tournaments have been awesome. So
1: do you have opportunity for people in the community that, uh, maybe can support you by volunteering at the tournaments? Is that, is that available?
2: We have a ton of people that show up. We have usually seven to 10 volunteers every week. Um, some of them are consistent. Some have come twice or two or three times. Uh, so yes, we have and, and need that. Um, and it's, you know, they get, they get to get a free lunch. They get to, meet some people. Uh, they get to hang out on a nice day on a golf course, driving around a golf cart. Uh, so there's worse things that could be done, uh, you know, on a, on a tournament day. So, but yes, we, we, uh, love volunteers.
1: Awesome. Let me ask you this because I'm sure there's some people that listen to the show that, uh, are thinking about, uh, wanting to be their own boss and starting a business. What advice can you share for that?
2: So I, I, I played spades a lot. Um, spades is my game and, um, I I have uh. There's a saying: if you're gonna be a monkey, be a gorilla. Um, and I have a pretty hairy, big, audacious belief in myself. Um, I believe I can do any and everything. Um, there's nothing I can't do. I mean, I really believe that. Um, that I put my mind to, or otherwise I won't do it. Like the reason I'm not good at, at pickleball is because I won't play it. Um, but the reason I'm good at running our business or leading our business and leading my household and being a father and being a husband is because I, I, I'm, I, I believe I can do it and I'm going to get it done. So I would say the first advice is just believe that you can do it. Um, whatever your goal is, whatever your your idea is, there is somebody and several somebodies that could use that that vision, could use that service, could use that that product. so go go do it. Um, and then two, uh, move everything behind it. Um, I've leveraged my dollars, um, I've leveraged my energy. Um, I've I've got my wife on board. Like I've hooked her on it. Um uh so you know, you just can't kind of tippy toe into it either. You've got to um to to get behind it. And then lastly, I'll say tell everybody. Um I I, you know, beyond this this, you know, the tax write off of it, I tell everybody everywhere so I can write off what I'm doing. I mean, that just right. makes sense. Right. Um, you know, if, if I'm traveling, hey, guess what? I run golf tournaments right off. Hmm, this food is good. You like golf, right off? You know that that makes sense to do it that way. But but I'm telling everybody one because you're accountable to them. Like I'm accountable to to what I said I was going to do now. Like I can't go back on this. I I can't go hide somewhere. I've told everybody this is what I'm going to get done. Um, so it it holds you accountable. Uh, and and you get people that are cheerleading you and champion you. You know that uh, will say you can do it. You can you can make it. You've come so far. Um, and to be honest, sometimes when the money's not coming in, and everything's going wrong. Those are the things that get you through is you can do it. Uh, so, yeah, those are those are the three three pieces of advice I would
1: say. Awesome. How do you get the word out other than your networking and your social media and your website? how many ways do people how do people find you? I mean, is there do you guys do any marketing for your business? So my title is the director of marketing. <laughs> no, I'm not good at it. Um, I really I
2: mean, I, we, we have some stuff on social media. We have some ads that we run. We do some stuff on Google and YouTube. Um, but it's really been grassroots. It is really being, uh, been me engaging initially some, some nonprofits, those nonprofits sharing what we were doing. And then those nonprofits contacting me, we have a, a good problem, which is, as I don't have to market as much anymore, Um, which is kind of weird to say that in just over a year in business. um, But we just, we just haven't had to, um, which is kind of cool.
1: Uh, well, you're yeah. a niche because there's a lot of people and a lot of uh, golf tournaments are popular. Mm-hmm. And nobody likes doing them. Now somebody likes doing them. <laughs> yeah, and there you I go. I love it. I like it a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So, can you share where your indoor space is going to be? Yes, it is in Town Lake, uh,
2: behind the Chipotle. So there's um right by Korean barbecue, the K-pop uh, Johnny's Pizza. It's right there on the corner. It is the largest space in there. Again, it's four thousand and twenty square feet. Uh, as I said earlier, we'll have four indoor simulator bays. They're each about three hundred forty square feet. They'll have a uh, inside the simulator. um, There is a uh, a cameras in there that automatically records your swing. It shows you instant replay on what your club path club face was looking like when you hit the ball and make contact. It gives you stats. Um, It allows you to uh, really be able to track all the things that you're doing. Um, There's an app that comes with it inside the space. There's also a bar top, a seven foot bar top that'll be there. There'll be TV in there so you can watch and hang out and have some fun. Uh, also inside the space is about a 300 square foot putting green with five holes. So you'll be able to practice. It'll, it'll be a little undulated. So there'll be some, some actual real feel putting. Uh, we'll have a large lounge members area where there's a 86 inch TV fireplace. Um, it's going to be really, really cool, really good space, um, to, to be and have fun. Uh, as far as the food that we'll have there, we thought about having, <clears throat> excuse me, a restaurant in there, but then we'd be competing, com- competing against our community. So, why not just use the community that's already there? There's eight restaurants between Johnny's and K-Pop in My Place and Soho Bagel and Izumi and Papa John's and, uh, and, and, uh, what's this? Snuff, what's the cupcake, alicious, or whatever it is down there? So, small cakes. So, there's so many restaurants that are already in the plaza that, excuse me, we want to just use those businesses. Um, so, Excuse me. So we'll be able to to utilize those those organizations, those companies, those businesses to to provide the food. So it'll be an awesome space.
1: Awesome. All right. So uh real quick, share how people can get a hold of you to, in case they want to talk to you about your services, even though they may be a couple of years down the road. All right. So I'm really old school. You can call me. Um seven seven
2: zero eight eight three eight four nine three. Uh but for those who aren't old school like me, you can certainly go to our website, www.golftogrow.com or golf to indoor dot com. Um, or you can email us at William at golf to com. but I prefer the phone call. Um, I don't, I will respond to an email. It just may take a minute. So right. if you call me, I'll answer.
1: So, and that's the number two, right? Not the word spelled out.
2: That's great. The number two. Thank you. Golf. The number two grow. G R O W. I've had people spell it like they're from Louisiana. G R E A U X. I'm like, ah, what that? This is not. This is not, this is not a, you know, Tammany Parish. Yes, know? there you go. There you go,
1: William. Thanks for coming and Absolutely. sharing a little bit. Uh, don't go anywhere. We're not done with you yet. But we're moving out to Miss Kimberly Jergerson. Kimberly. Hi. How are you? Good. Welcome welcome this morning.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: You realize you've known me since like two thousand and eight, right? I know. It's That's, been a while. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So you're here on behalf of Wildlife Action. Yes. But you do a lot of this other stuff within the community. You do hair and all kinds of different stuff. So we'll get into Wildlife Action and what you do for them and they and some events coming up, but if you don't mind share a little bit about your background.
0: Um, I was born and raised in Cherokee County, so I have um a lot of strong feelings to doing things in the community here. Um I am kind of have my hands in a little bit of everything. Uh, I bartend. I work at Gunsmoke Gun Store. I do hair for weddings and events. Um, I, you know, work for nonprofits, not work volunteer for nonprofits. So a um, little, little bit of everything.
1: <laughs> so uh, I'll just go in and ask this because obviously because you're from here, but why is it so important for you to be part of the community?
0: Um, I was growing up, I had some things happen as well that, um, I needed a lot of community support with and the community was always there for me. So it's important for me to give back and be there for the community. Um, and as he was saying, a selfish reason, um, my love language is gift giving. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel the same way that I'm being selfish because of how it makes me feel, but I love giving. Um, it's a wonderful feeling. I, you know, it's, it's same at Christmas. Like I'm the person that goes and buys 20 presents a person because I just love giving to people. <laughs> right. And if it's for a good cause, it, you know, makes it that much stronger.
1: Well, I think we're all the same way where we feel like it's selfish, but again, it's not because it's not like you're doing it just because you're, it's going to be, you financially, or whatever the case is, and you're not flaunting it. You're doing it for other folks. So again, it's commendable. So don't Thanks. use selfish. <laughs> um, all right. So again, you, you do stuff with Wildlife Action. So if you don't yes. mind, share a little bit about what they do and the organization and and you got some things coming up for them.
0: Yes, definitely. Uh um, Wildlife Action of Georgia. Uh we are in Ackworth in Cherokee County off of Lake Alatoona is our property. Um we lease property from the core. Um it's right on the lake. We have a lodge, we have a campground, um, hiking trails, um, different lodging areas. Um, archery range, BB gun range, all things like that. It's a wonderful spot for families to bring their children. If you need something, you know, nice and wholesome to do, you want to be outside. Um, It's a great learning experience. We have a lot of homeschool opportunities there. Um, I got involved with wildlife action through Gunsmoke because we would um always do the gun transfers for them for their banquets. And I did that for two years and then I always helped with the events when I was there. So they asked me to, um, if I wanted to be on the board and, um, was very grateful. So I've been on the board now a few years and I've become the fundraising coordinator. Um, I love planning events and the gift giving, but we are a hundred percent grassroots feet to the ground organization and all monies raised goes a hundred percent back into the community throughout the year. We have one main fundraiser is the banquet. And we use that money throughout the year for, um, summer camp for kids. Um, a youth hunt, a disabled youth hunt, a turkey shoot, pumpkin carving, um, all things like that. So everything we do is free to the community.
1: So I got to come to the banquet. Uh, stone is actually on board too. So he is a, uh, it's big for, I know he loves doing that stuff and he loves being a part of that, uh, organization. So, um, and which was a great event by the way. So, Thank you. um, You, you talked a little bit earlier before we got on air that the, even the higher ups, you know, most organizations, there's one or two people that are employed Mm -hmm. by the, by the organization, but you were sharing that this, everybody's a volunteer, even the higher ups.
0: Yeah, everybody is a volunteer, um, even the president. So it's a hundred percent volunteer. And like, and like I said, that's a hundred percent of the money raised goes back into the community.
1: Can you share how the organization got started?
0: Um, I can a little bit, um, Sorry, I no, was you're prepared fine. for that. Um is out of South Carolina, Mullen, South Carolina. A guy started it, I believe, in 1977. Um, and then it, st- it started spreading with local chapters across different states, I, th- I believe. I could be wrong, but I believe there are six chapters in the United States. Um, and with this one being in Ackworth, uh, which we actually, just to plug, um, just got chapter of the year.
1: Awesome. exactly So that was very
0: exciting for us. Um, But he felt there was a need in the community, wanted a grassroots organization, that all of the money raised did want to go back. You know, he wanted to go back into the community 100 percent. And that's how he started it. Um, He was very big on wildlife and conservation and preservation of land and animals, which is basically what the foundation is based on. Um, You know, we teach the conservation and preservation, like I said, of land and animals. Um, We teach the Second Amendment and ethical hunting. Um, to our slogans to put back more than you take. So we want everything that we put in the community, we want the community to put back too, you know, so that we all become better.
1: Right so how does it look like how can the community get involved with you guys i'm sure there's obviously other than the financial aspect of donating uh money how can other people get involved and help while my faction of georgia
0: um so you, we always take volunteers um really for anything we do we we also do community service on sat every saturday so even if you're not mandated to do community service but you want to do something to help you can come out and help on the property we always just throw upgrading the property making things look better um then we always need volunteers for events as you know, such as summer camp or the Turkey shoot um, pumpkin carving the event coming up. We can always use volunteers so you can be involved that way, or you can get a membership. The membership um, I believe is $50 a year. um, And that gives you access to the property all year long, as much as you want. So you can come out to the lake sit on the dock, um, go fishing. We have fishing poles there for everybody. Um, we have kayaks you can use. Um, so that's a way you can be involved and you can get a family membership as well for your whole family. And, um, really, I mean, in anything anybody wanted to help with, I mean, we were grateful. Right. Since it is all volunteer. Right.
1: Before we get your upcoming events. Cause I know you want to share that. But before we get to that with you doing, uh, everything you do in the community, do you have opportunities to network yourself? And when I, I asked this question, uh, actually when Scotland was here, um, and she shared that events are networking and they are, Yes. you know, you don't think of like the Canton business club, Woodstock business club as your typical networking groups, but everything event wise is networking. Do you have a positive story you can share about networking?
0: Um, well, one positive story, I mean, networking, obviously I know you're from Chad, um, and I know he's been on the show, but, um, had you not been at the banquet, I wouldn't be on here today.
1: Well, there you go. So. <laughs> there you go. You can thank Stone too for that. So, yeah. um, awesome. All right. So, um, share about you've got upcoming, some upcoming events. You got one that was actually, I guess, supposed to be tomorrow, but you've yes. moved it, but go ahead and share what that is.
0: So we are having a polar bear plunge on Lake Alatuna. It'll be December 17th at 2 PM. It's a Sunday. Um, basically I started this last year for a family friend that I went to high school with who has ALS um he was declining very very quickly um he had just had a newborn um she, she got pregnant and 3 months later they he was diagnosed mm. um so he was declining very quickly and god was just pulling on my heart to do something for them but i didn't know what to do um i was scrolling on facebook i saw um a polar bear plunge in south well, on the coast of georgia um, to raise money for um sea life and I was like, well, that would be really cool to do something like that here. But where would we do it? And I was like, oh, well, we have property on the lake. There you so, go. Um, that that's how it got started. So I just, you know, hit the ground running and tried to get sponsorships. Tried to get people to sign up. It's it's forty dollars to sign up and includes a t shirt. All that money raised goes to the family. Um, we ended up raising, and you were talking about dollar amounts, and you were as well. Whether it's a twenty dollar check or a thousand or you know twelve thousand. We ended up raising $2,500 for them Awesome, and it put her in tears. I mean, you know, she's like, you don't know how much this helps. No, it wasn't 10 grand, but for a family that's struggling, I mean, that's huge, you know? Um, And then wildlife action also gave them some money along with it. Um, So it turned out to be a really positive event. They asked me to plan another one this year. So this year the family we picked is um, her name, Savannah Bailey. She has cerebral palsy. She was born with cerebral palsy. Um, she is wheelchair bound and she currently needs a lot she was put into a home. Um her care her main caregiver died, her mother. Mm-hmm. And um she got put into a home after that where she got third degree bed sores. Um her aunt came in and took her in and now they need their house handicap accessible. Um, like right now their shower doors are ripped off, the floor is ripped out, so just so they can get her in the shower. Um she also is looking to get in a robotic arm so she can feed herself. Um so that is what we're raising the money for this year.
1: Well, if there's any contractors out there too, I'm sure if you want to donate, they'll help you, you yeah, know, that they'll would take that too amazing. to do that. So. That would be amazing. Um for those listening who may not know what a polar bear plunge is, tell them what it is.
0: Basically, it's freezing outside and you go and jump in the water. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um. So the the only downside of doing it in the south um, on the lake is we drain the lake every year. um, So the lake is lower, so we can't jump off the dock. So we literally just run into the lake, which makes it a little more painful, I'd say.
1: Yes. But, wow. um,
0: Can I but it worked out well.
2: Yeah, go
1: ahead. So
2: for those who are conscious about the tax deductibility of it, mm-hmm. if they donate it, it goes through wildlife it action, does Georgia. it all so goes it can through can become a tax rate. Yes, okay awesome.
0: exactly it all goes through wildlife action um the sign up you can go to wildlifeactiongeorgia.com and there's a link at the top of the page saying like 2023 polar bear plunge. um everything goes through that through square so it automatically gives you a receipt from wildlife action cool um so yes it is tax deductible
1: awesome Um, let me ask you this because obviously it's, you you weren't part of founding this, but you're, you're volunteering and you're on the board, uh, for those people who are listening, who have thought about, man, I want to be a part of a a nonprofit. I don't know how, but I would love to talk about volunteering or stuff. Just give some advice for somebody because there are so many nonprofits out there Mm -hmm. and different things like that. Can you give some advice to to somebody listening who might want to do something like
0: that? I would say, honestly, follow your heart and do what you know, gives you passion. Um I have a strong connection with wildlife action because of how it started, how I got involved with gun smoke. Um, obviously, I'm a big proponent of the Second Amendment. And that was one thing that was important to me. Um, And to teach gun safety to children, I think that's overlooked quite often. And that is one thing we focus on is gun safety with kids. Um And just the knowledge and, you know, everything about that. So that was one of the passions that drove me to wildlife action. The other was that it was grassroots that everything stayed in the community too. Um, so I would say my advice, my advice is find something you're passionate about. Um, I, like I am very passionate about wildlife action of Georgia.
1: Well, and, and you mentioned too, about being uh strong, because you believe in the second amendment and I'm sure you have guns and, and like I, I shared, a. a a few times on this, you know, like with Kevin that I mentioned all out, all in ministries, I can be passionate about helping somebody uh, outdoors or somebody with an addiction or somebody who's lost a child, but I've never personally been in that down that road. So mm-hmm. it's not as strong as somebody who has experienced that and helping them. So
0: well, and I will say, um, I mean, it's a little personal, but having a gun has saved my life twice which is one of the reasons I am such a big proponent of the right. second amendment. Right. Um, I think it's important. I was a single mom for 13 years and, you know, was the, his protector. I I felt like I needed to be able to protect myself and my child. And I did have, you know, having that right.
1: Which so, by the way, I can't believe how big he is. I know. It's, it's going, crazy. Going to college. I feel old.
0: <laughs> I feel old. <laughs> <laughs> And he, he even volunteers, too, which, um, you know, he volunteered at summer camp this year. So even if there's people listening out there that want their kids to be involved in something, it's a great organization for that as well. Um, you know, we always can use camp counselors and like just group coordinators Like summer camp. Um, it's a lot of fun. Like we do fishing and kayaking and hiking and we always have guest speakers and, you know, it's swimming. A lot of fun.
1: You talked about it the property being in an and people are like, well, that's not Cherokee County, but did you know mm-hmm. that Ackworth is the one city that's part of four different counties? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um all right, share about how people can find out the the website and things like that. And if people want to help help with volunteering or any of the fundraising, can they can get a hold of you? And if so, how can they do
3: that?
0: Yes. Yeah, so if you want to get in touch with me um specifically for the polar bear plunge, I'm old school as well. You can text me at 678-697-3349. Um, I say text because I'm not sure of all the random numbers, but I will answer a text um, right away. Um, You can also call the organization at 770-924-7464. That is the president's number, and he will answer and answer any questions you might have. Um, If you want to sign up for the polar bear plunge, you just go to wildlifeactiongeorgia.org. I said .com earlier, but it's .org. Um, there is a banner at the top that says 2023 polar bear plunge. Just click on that and it'll take you to register, um, through a square site. It gives you also a description of Savannah and what we're raising money for. There will also be, as I said, you get the t-shirt. We will also have, um, like fellowship and hot chocolate after the plunge and with a silent auction as well.
1: Awesome. I think I know you're doing that.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Awesome. Well, Kimberly, thanks for coming on and sharing a little
1: bit of the of your story and then about Wildlife Action of Georgia and the things you got coming up, but don't go anywhere, we're not done. Before I come to you, Teresa, I wanted to ask, do you William, do you have any more golf tournaments this year that you got going on that you need any volunteers or sponsors for? Uh we are finished for the year. Okay. Um our next tournament is not until March. Um and
2: then we have one March, April, and May. So uh certainly we'll take sponsors for all of those uh and then as you want to volunteer you know feel free to to text email
1: or preferably call me all right sounds good all right now we're moving over to miss Teresa carter from jazzy hearts foundation Teresa, thanks for being here this morning
3: i'm excited to be here
1: (laughs) you are in the process of getting your 501c3 trying to work on that but you have a very personal reason why you're starting jazzy hearts foundation so uh if you don't mind just sharing your story um and and i commend you because this is very fresh for you right so uh if you don't mind and you might want to slide that over there kimberly just know (laughs) there you go uh so but i just share your story and and what you're doing and people need to understand uh about Organ donation, which, which we we'll you talk about in just a little bit, but go ahead and share your story.
3: Well, I guess I should start with my why. who is yeah. Jazlyn Carter is her name, but everybody came to know and love her as Jazzy. Um, she was uh, born a healthy baby, so I was lucky, blessed enough to be able to have a healthy pregnancy and a normal baby for the first 10 months of life until one day she stopped breathing at school. Um, that was the first indicator that there was something wrong. Um, we found out a couple of days later at, uh, she was transferred to Eggleston and, uh, we found out she had restrictive cardiomyopathy, which, um, congenital heart disease is usually found in one in every 100 children, um, are born with some type of congenital heart defect or disease, um, which she isn't one in the 100, but she also happens to be in the one in one million with the restrictive cardiomyopathy and was also the youngest that they had ever that they had ever case that they had ever seen. Um as soon as they had told me the diagnosis, of course the only um not necessarily a cure, but the only thing that could be done for that was a heart transplant. And so it was just a matter of keeping her alive long enough to be able to receive that heart transplant whenever the the time would come. Um I say that she was created with great purpose as we, I started this organization, you know, with great purpose as carrying on her, her legacy, which, um, everything about her was just rare, I guess. Even, um, the multiple times that she went into cardiac arrest, you know, it's, uh, not most people survive from that. And she did, uh, five times survive from cardiac mm. arrest before having that transplant. Thanks to CPR. And of course, you know, the hospital staff, some of those times she was already in ICU and, uh, you know, things already being there was a, a big help too, and um, the biggest thing though that really kept her alive was her having a Berlin heart put in, which was something that was normally created for a different type of cardiomyopathy than what she had. It wasn't supposed to work for her, but it was. She was one to always just test the the medical her the medical capabilities of what science can do, what her doctors can do, and they were just everybody knew and loved Jazzy, and she was just like this big puzzle they were just trying to figure out because. She was just, she was different. Her case wasn't not that any, any child's congenital heart defect or disease is easy, but some, a lot of them are, they, there's certain ways that they know have seen as as successful in the past with other kids. And in her situation, there wasn't a whole lot of options other than the transplant and she wasn't going to make it to the transplant. So they were willing, her surgeon was willing to try something different with her and because it worked, which we were happy, it was a very slim chance that it was going to work. Um, because that worked, she was able to help save the lives of four other kids just at Eggleston alone. Wow. Um, so, so I, you know, I say that she's created a great purpose in, in the medical aspect of things because, you know, to, it was like a ripple effect. Um, because that worked for her, it also worked with four other kids at Eggleston. That's four other families that, we're able to experience the most amazing gift on earth, which is organ donation. That's the most selfless thing that any family can do. Um, whenever they've lost somebody is to decide to donate, you know, their child's organs to help save somebody else's kid that they don't even know. And, um, so I guess we fast forward, she's doing good after her transplant, um, for a while. And, uh, there's a lot of routine routine procedures and checkups and things that these kids have to go through even after a heart transplant. It's not, it's not a cure like a lot of people think it is. Um, it's just really, it's a bridge to another, a second chance at life to keep them going. But I think it's 80 to 85% of these kids that have these heart transplants wind up needing a second one. Um, the biggest leading cause of death for, uh, pediatric heart transplant recipients is, um, something that's a abbreviated CAV I think it's cardio cardiac allograd vas- vasculopathy I don't know if I'm saying that right I'm not good with all the medical terms um which is ultimately what had you know sent her to heaven um but she was um she had she developed it so fast faster than her doctors had ever seen happen before um it also happens so soon after transplant it normally doesn't happen until 10 or 15 years down the road um after a transplant this is the reason why they do these routine checkups um is normally they're able to catch this is a disease that develops in the coronary arteries and they're normally able to catch it within um in enough time to be able to re hopefully relist the patient and hopefully be able to have that patient and you know another heart if they can live long enough And in her case, it just happened so fast, faster than they'd ever seen it happen before. They just had, she had her, her one year checkup was only a few months before she wound up having this, this disease that came on the CAV and her coronary arteries were perfectly healthy. Um, so they were very shocked to see that, you know, that this was happening and that it happened so fast and they had never heard of it before. So now they're having to reevaluate how they can, different ways of how they can check coronary arteries in these heart transplant recipients. And, um, well, she actually got talked about it at a, uh, it was a conference in Chicago that one of her, um, transplant doctors had went to, cause it had to get, you know, brought up. But the issue is you can't check the coronary arteries more than once a year because it's an invasive procedure as a lot of these other procedures that have to get done for these, these kids with CHD. And, um, so that's the reason, that's one of the main reasons why I started this foundation was because I wanted to be able to help to fund research for, for, you know, coronary artery disease that develops in these kids with these heart transplants. And, you know, they're so young, they should be able to enjoy the rest of their life. And organ donation is such an important thing because it, it has its own ripple effect. And when you're saving one person's life, well, you've also changed the lives of everybody that's close to that person because now they've it's almost like they've witnessed a miracle in a sense because there's prayers that have been answered and I want to be able to make sure that I can I can be able to keep that going and not have parents that think you know my child's going to be okay now that they've had a heart transplant and just be able to give them a new sense of hope I guess and just to prevent what happened to her to happen to other kids um Throughout Jazzy's heart journey also, she she wasn't supposed to live as long as she did. And so she was bringing together just a whole community of people that were just always praying for her. And not even, not even just saying like praying on their own, but literally coming together in groups to make sure they pray for her, praying for her at the same time. And whenever she did come home from the hospital after her transplant, people would just look at her and just in such awe like they had witnessed a miracle because she wasn't they were, the Berlin heart wasn't necessarily supposed to work for her and it did. And it, even though we were stuck in the hospital for it was about four months, she was still able to receive that heart transplant and be able to come home and just be a ray of sunshine for everybody that she came into contact with. Um, well, so,
1: cry. no, that's right. So uh, how old was she when, the, when she, when she passed?
3: She was two and a half years old. Okay. She and and you said this was, was earlier
1: months. this year, right? Mm-hmm. How, yeah. how long ago?
3: Uh, August 28th when she passed away. Her uh, one-year heart adversaries, which what we call it, was in March of this year. And everything seemed to be okay. And that's why it's, um, they, they know that there's more research that needs to be done and how they can check coronary arteries in a less invasive way because it's obviously now it's something that, that can happen fast and not progress really slowly and um but aside from Jazzy Hearts foundation just wanting to be able to fund research for coronary artery disease um specifically for heart transplant recipients i want to be able to more in depth be able to share how god put how god played a part in her entire life and not only just to get to me because I I know for sure that jazzy was sent here just to save my soul. My whole life I had my doubts about God and kind of going back and forth whether or not he was real and this and that and my first encounter that I had with him um we were waiting it was in the hospital. We were um we weren't exactly like stuck per se in there yet. We went in it was the beginning of 2022 in January. And, um, we went because she had had a heart monitor put in because she was having, she had, by then she'd had already had a few cardiac arrest episodes and, um, they were hoping to be able to catch some kind of pattern Well, it was forcing its way out. It didn't want to stay in there, of course. So we when, when we went in the first, it was January 1st of 2022, we went in and I really thought it was just going to be quick. We go in, they're probably going to want to just take it out, reevaluate. And maybe we get to go home in like a week. One thing led to another. She ended up catching COVID, going into cardiac arrest again. Um, and we went. Uh, that's when we knew we were going to be stuck. <laughs> and I remember being so frustrated uh, one day in the hospital room and she was already asleep. and I was so frustrated. And and yeah, he just came to me. It was like a so loud, like she is mine. And. I had to, you know, realize that I really have no control over what's going on. I'm really just wasting my energy being so upset. I'm separated from the rest of my family, and that was really the first encounter that I had. I was God? I remember it really. It scared me. I'm not even going to lie because I was. I remember looking around the room like, what? What is that? Like, what is that voice? And and it was such a strong feeling. I remember being shook up, and so ever since then. I really, since I was stuck in the hospital anyway, I really just started, I guess, my spiritual journey, you could say. And, um, I had more time there. I wasn't busy. I have two other kids and a husband at home also. I should have already mentioned them by now, but, um, my husband was at home holding down the fort. And, um, you know, my kids play tribal ball sports and we're very, you know, just active in everything they do, even not just the sports, but even with school stuff, making sure that they're going to be successful one day. Um, and, so I had more time while I was at the hospital just to focus on jazzy and focus on, you know, building my relationship with God. Cause I know now that he's real. Cause it wasn't just a voice. It was a whole feeling that was inside of me. And, um, there was another encounter that I had. I don't want to share all of my encounters as I don't want to go too far into detail, but the one that really sticks out the most was, uh, one day I was listening to, um, the church. I was, I, we go to North Point Church in Adairsville and I'm really grateful that they, um, they always go live um every Sunday, the services are, so that way I can listen in. Um Sometimes it, was, it didn't always work out for me to listen in while they were live, but I'm always able to go back. And it was late night, Jazzy was already asleep and everything was quiet. And um I can just remember just like taking notes because that's what I was doing because I was really just trying to do a lot of learning. And it was like something had just kind of took over my hand. It was really weird and it was just like... I remember writing off to the side saying, you will lead them to me. And at the time, I had no idea what it meant. I just was like, you know, okay, I know that didn't come from me. I knew it came from God. And I just carried on with my studies and this and that. And now that everything's unfolded the way that it did, I know now that somehow I'm supposed to help people. I really thought it was going to be jazzy. I can. This last time we were in the hospital for 28 days this past August, I can remember thanking him in advance every single day because I just— the way that she was bringing people together, I had people telling me they were going back to church. They were building their faith in God. We all just knew she was going to come home. Um, Sorry. I can remember thanking him in advance because I, she was bringing people to God and I was getting to witness it. And so at the time I thought when I wrote that down, that I was supposed to help Jazzy do it. You know, cause she was going to come home and everybody was going to be in such awe because this unimaginable thing was happening to her. And you know, she survived yet again and everybody was going to get to see her and just look at this little miracle that had from prayers being answered. Um, Now that everything's unfolded, I know that, you know, now it's me doing it and she's walking alongside me spiritually, but I have to keep that going for her. You know, her um always just testing, the boundaries of what medical science can do i can keep that going by saving other kids lives other families lives cuz it's you know it's not easy for anybody that's lost a child anybody that's really lost anybody close to them um so there's just two aspects to jazzy hearts foundation um but i guess the biggest hurdle right now is just really just being able to raise the funds um there's another Nonprofit called Enduring Hearts. Um, they're on a national level that's also doing the same thing as far as funding pediatric research, um, for heart transplants. Um, but they do a lot of other studies, um, other, you know, uh, research for pediatric heart transplants. But I know that I solely want to focus on the cardiac vascular. Goodness, I'm getting my words mixed up. Cardi- <laughs> cardiac allograft vasculopathy. Um, and they are willing to work with me. I just have to come up with 150 K and they will, since they already have, you know, they're already established. They have their own committee of scientists or research cardiologists and things like that. Um, but if, well, when we come up with 150 K, then we'll, they'll willing to work with us through their organization to fund whatever research of my choice, which would be CAV and be able to have it solely recognized under Jazzy Hearts Foundation. Um
1: well, so if you're listening and you got 150k, <laughs> you know, we got somebody that needs you. Um real quick, so I know you're in the middle of the process of starting the 501c3 cuz you you don't yes. have that yet. Wow. Um so there's no tax benefit. Unfortunately, people want that. And it should be just because they have a good heart, but but go ahead and share with somebody how they can get a hold of you if somebody's listening right now and say, "Hey, I want to send you something or help you. How can they do that?"
3: Um, well, my telephone number is probably the easiest. <laughs> um, calling or text 678-346-5134. Um, we do have a website. It is jazzyhearts.fitapparel.biz. Um, we do also have Facebook. If you just go on Facebook and search on there, Jazzy Hearts Foundation. Um, we're still in the very beginning stages. Like I said, my daughter passed away in August and, um, we actually, um started the foundation the day that we had to go in to prepare for her funeral um like how all of us have already said just a few minutes ago about doing something nice for somebody makes you feel good um and i wanted to know that i can what happened to us doesn't have to happen to somebody else you know and so i I also feel good when you do something nice for somebody else. And that was part of the reason why we started it, particularly on that day. I didn't want to have to deal with the thought of planning her funeral. Um, So we are registered through the state. Right now, we're just a domestic nonprofit organization, um, but we will be a 501c3 very shortly. I recently did a T-shirt campaign, um, and the funds that were raised from that were will be what's going to fund for us to be able to make that happen.
1: Is that still going on? Can people still go and order t-shirts?
3: That particular campaign is over with, but people can still order t-shirts through this website, um, jazzyhearts.fitapparel.biz. So website is a merch store on there with all kinds of different shirts, cool sweater, like what I have on right now, all kinds of different colors. um, And the proceeds to that, a portion of the proceeds of that will come directly to us. Um, We're also doing a toy drive. I feel like I have to speak on the toy drive too. I know there's a lot of companies that are doing toy drives right now, but this one we started last year. Um, it was Jazzy's first birthday being at home. It was her second birthday. She spent her first birthday in the cardiac ICU. And, um, you know, no parent thinks to spend their child's first birthday in the hospital and you don't have anything. We were already there since her birthday is January 14th. So we had already been there a couple weeks. I didn't. I'm a late planner, I guess. I didn't have like a party or nothing planned yet for her. And um, the only thing I could get for her was something from the gift shop. (laughs) And I was in such awe when, um, because we can't sleep in ICU. They have little sleep pods that we slept slept in, the parents do. And um, I can remember early that morning when I got there, her nurses already had it decorated. They had gifts for her. She couldn't eat, um, because she had just went into cardiac arrest a couple of days ago. So she was on a feeding tube and, um, one of the nurses, she made a, um, it was a little like a smash cake. You know how they do for one year olds? Mm-hmm. Um, but she made it with Play-Doh. So that way Jazzy could still have something nice. to smash even though she couldn't <laughs> eat it. That was pretty cool, but that was, um, definitely, it was happy tears that day because just knowing that, you know, they, they had done that for her and the gifts came from the hospital, not necessarily from the nurses. Although I don't, I don't know. Some of the nurses might have purchased some of the gifts. I'm not sure. Um, but that was how I found out real quickly that the hospital gets toys donated here and there for different, other families, different occasions. Like everything is a ripple effect. You know, everybody, all the families that have come through there, there's so many of them that give back, um, because they've been, whoever's currently there, we've been in their shoes. And so I knew that when her first birthday or well, her second birthday, it was her first birthday at home had came around her birthdays right after Christmas too. I was like, well, she doesn't need more toys. And so we did this toy drive because I know there's other kids that are still in the hospital that are spending birthdays there just like, you know, Jazzy did. And I've seen other kids, you know, have to celebrate birthdays in the hospital right. and that's not fun. And it was when they were still having the COVID, re- um, you know, regulations and things like that. And so Nobody could come. They did make a special arrangement for my husband and my kids to come, which my husband was allowed to come and go whenever we were each patient was only allowed to um caregivers at the time, but siblings weren't supposed to be allowed. Um, but we did get special permission since it was her first birthday for her siblings to um to come visit that weekend. Um so anyways, yeah, we started the toy drive last year. Um And it was, I was really surprised at the turnout we had. It was really cool. And it was amazing for me and Jazzy went to go deliver the gifts over there. We didn't, they were still under the COVID regulations. So it wasn't like we got to go out and, you know, see anybody, but um, just to know that the other kids that spend birthdays, holidays, and I can remember even Jazzy getting gifts sometimes on just the really hard days, you know, and even for the older kids, I'm sure there's. I can't experience that, but you know, there's cause Jazzy was so young when she passed away, but they go through other kind of struggles with them being, you know, teenagers and being stuck in the hospital. And, um, also, you know, for the kids that are there for a long time, cause Jazzy has been in, had admissions that were significantly long and, You have to keep those kids entertained, you know, so they get new toys periodically, too. So we just want to make sure that the hospital, the Eggleston, always has a good stock of toys.
1: So if somebody wants to take part in that, how can they get the toys to you?
3: The flyers on the website Um, and there's different drop off locations in the Bartow County area. Um, There's also an Amazon wish list on there. The majority of those items on the Amazon wish list um, are directly from the hospital's wish list. And then I also added some more stuff on there that were toys that Jazzy got while she was in the hospital too. Um, but yes, there's every, the events are on that website also, jazzyhearts.fitapparel.biz. Um, another event we have coming up is a fundraiser night at Henry's, which I know a lot of people are pretty familiar with Henry's. Henry's also, um, I believe it's a liver yep. transplant recipient. Is it yep. a liver? I couldn't yep. remember. I remember meeting him at a, um, it was another, um, what was it? It was for something for the Georgia Transplant Foundation. It was a fundraiser. Goodness, my words are getting scrambled up. Um, But anyways, that's going to be on January 9th. And we're going to just kind of do that, have our family there as a, I guess, birthday dinner, you know, in memory of her.
1: Well, I I mentioned this to you a couple weeks ago. We had uh, Stone's wife, Holly, on here. And Holly is a kidney donor. So you need to get with her because I'm sure she'd like to be part of that as well. I love hearing stories like that. You uh, you mentioned something um, about... You know, the way God works because he does work in mysterious ways and we never know probably until we get to heaven why things, Mm -hmm. certain things happen. Sometimes we can look back and, you know, after several years and seeing, oh, well, that's why that happened. Yeah. Um, but you also, and I think, you know, after talking with you and hearing more of your story this morning, um, your career is dealing with life insurance, right? You just one of the yeah. things you do. It's actually I that mean, is
3: also kind of new. That started um because one of the things with being a transplant recipient, any transplant recipient, any organ transplant um is you have to take certain medications that's an- what they call anti-rejection medications that's pretty much helping to keep you alive by keeping your immune system down to make sure your body doesn't try to naturally fight off the foreign object which is the you know the new organ that wasn't you know there when you were born. Um so, goodness, I just lost my whole train of thought just then. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. We're talking about life insurance. <laughs> um, yes, I started that because Jazzy would get sick pretty often. Um, and so she'd be at home, and I'm, I'm actually a private chef slash caterer. I have a catering company also. That's been on the back burner with having Jazzy at home a lot and then, of course, being in the hospital. There were times I I even had to cancel events. Um because she would happen to be in the hospital again. So I knew that I had to think of something outside of catering that wasn't that I could do from home. And that's when I got into life insurance. Um, And I didn't get to, I remember finishing, I got my license, I believe it was before she went in in August this last time, Um, but I hadn't started my training yet. And so now I'm getting back into that. And so it's still kind of new, kind of fresh, but that's a big, near, near and dear to my heart also, because we have life insurance on our kids and there's a lot of, you know, benefits that come with that. Even, you know, aside from Jazzy passing away, just knowing that if something ever happens to me, something ever happens to them, that you don't have to necessarily worry. There's certain things you don't have to worry about, but there's so much more to life insurance than just that. Like, Mm -hmm. even for people that it's for anybody, even. And I remember growing up thinking like, Oh, it's only, you know, rich people that have life insurance. And that's not the case. And I realized that when I came into my adult life, that, it's um life insurance is for everyone it's just a matter of having the right the right agent that can help you with whatever your needs are work with your budget because you can get life insurance on, life insurance on any budget mm-hmm. um well that's important
1: yeah. to talk about because you talked about having life insurance on your kids my wife and i we had life insurance on they're my stepkids but you know you never think about yeah i was an adult have life insurance but you should definitely have it on your kids
3: Um, Right away too, because I was, I mean, which normal we're having, I probably shouldn't mention this, but we're going through a a headache right now with Jazzy's life insurance company, but we got her life insurance before we even knew that she had any kind of heart condition. So I remember like when I was going through the, um, the online coursing and learning about life insurance. And so I was playing around with some stuff trying to feel, I was like, well, what if we would have waited too long? Like what if somebody would have tried to Mm -hmm. You know, getting she wouldn't have been eligible for any kind of life insurance because of her just being an organ transplant recipient.
1: Right. So, um, are you still have the catering business? I do. Yes. So what? What's (laughs) if if, what kind of events do you do?
3: Anything. Anything. Yeah. What's the name of the What's
1: the name of the catering? Reese's way. Oh Reese's
3: mm. Reese's way. All right. <laughs> <laughs> can I yeah. ask another
2: question? Yeah. Is it all right? Yeah. Go ahead. So, a question and a and a statement of encouragement. I'll start with the statement of encouragement, so you can answer the question. Okay. Um, a statement of encouragement. So, I'm a numbers guy. Um, and I'm all about life insurance. I, I um, the last thing you want to do is worry about um, going back to work, going back to your job if you have to lose a child. So you have to have um, you have to have money. You have to have resources. So. I'm. I will champion you all day on life insurance. Um, but my statement of encouragement is: is being a numbers guy, I know 150 thousand can seem daunting. That's twelve thousand five hundred a month, which is thirty one twenty five a week. Uh, I'm a numbers guy. Is it's, it's four hundred and seventy dollars a day, if you do it seven days a week. So in 2024, you need to figure out every day how you can get four seventy. Um, that's it. Just break it down that way, and and because 150 is a ton of money, and it's frustrating, and I'm sure encourage you know. Like how am I going to get 150? But
3: I'm honestly not even intimidated by that number. No. Okay. Like, how, I did one. Somebody over. I don't. One of us has said something about not fearing anything, or was yeah. that something I heard on the radio on the way here? I don't yeah. know, but I guess just through everything that I've been through, I got gotcha. you. When I seriously say I fear nothing, and numbers are just numbers, numbers. Money is just money. All right. It can Ooh. always it can always be replaced. That's true. I don't know, and I'm just I know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing, so I don't feel intimidated. I know that I'll get away to. get 150k i believe whatever it takes and i was just having a conversation with my husband yesterday did i cut you off i I have a question but go ahead oh i had a conversation with my husband yesterday and um you know we're just the type of parents we'll do anything whatever it takes to make sure that our kids are successful whatever their definition of success is it doesn't Mm -hmm. even necessarily have to be money you know just and i feel like and i was telling him this i didn't it didn't occur to me until over the thanksgiving break that i feel like Somehow I've replaced Jazzy with this nonprofit organization. I spend so much time doing so much learning because I'm new to nonprofit. It's kind of different. It's still, I'm, I've learned that I need to run it like a business, even though I'm not profiting from it, but whatever it's going to take to make it successful, I'm willing to do. And I love so much that my husband is on board with it, even though I'm sometimes I feel guilty, like I'm slacking being, you know, a mom and a wife at home sometimes, because there's certain right. things that aren't getting done, but. He's so supportive and, you know, he's just yeah. awesome.
2: So my question is, um, have you talked with North Point of Adairsville to allow you to raise money through their nonprofit side so that people can so they can have everything set up on their website? People can give to the church, essentially make it a tax write off. And then those funds directly come 100 percent to you and or the organization. Have you talked to your church about doing that so that you can raise money and still it be a write off for people?
3: No, I haven't. Actually, you're referring to like a fiscal sponsor,
2: have have the church just be the conduit through which people give. Mm -hmm. So right now, as not being a five registered 501C3, people who want to give again, I I hate. And and as you said earlier, Brian, Mm -hmm. people should just want to give. But that's just not how this work work. This world works. People want the tax deduction, especially right now with it just being past Giving Tuesday. You're getting to the end of your contributions. People are finding a way to shelter money, get rid of tax liabilities, or just really want to do want to give it away, but want the tax benefit of it too. Would your church be willing to allow you to have the funds received? through their conduit and then cut you the check specifically from that. So it's a, it doesn't cost them anything, doesn't bother them anyway. It doesn't mess up their books. They receive money. They gave it out It's a deduction for them as well. But it allows that individual who wants to give to be have it considered a tax deduction for them because it's going to a nonprofit, which is the church.
3: Honestly, I, on, I did not even think about that. That so that's be, what i have that's been, what we do with the polar bear that's, that's what it is it's going Those, through
0: wildlife action so, they get the so it's off. tax
3: right? i have mm-hmm. i was trying to look for a fiscal sponsorship um because i know the 501c3 is going to be a little bit of a process and it's i was trying time. to have something like that to, you know before the end of the year because i know a lot of companies are wanting to kind of more likely to give away money at the mm-hmm. end before they got to start yeah, i would talk their talk to taxes. church yeah,
2: and see if they would be willing to do that it doesn't hurt it doesn't hurt them i mean they don't lose anything don't Gain anything, it's just they're, they're the conduit so that they can get their write off. Same thing, like she I said with the Polar if There plunge.
3: was a reason why certain companies. So I'm not going to say their names, but um, the couple of companies that I did ask, I kind of I just didn't get a response. That's why. Oh. Yeah,
2: that's exactly why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I like when we do our nonprofit golf tournaments, we don't get the check because it takes away the ability to say it's a charitable contribution tax deduction. So all of our checks go directly to our nonprofit, and then they compensate us. We get we get paid. So with the Polar Bear Plunge. It's the same thing. I mean, again, I wish people would just do it, but they want the write off, so they they get to say they're getting the write off for the jumping in the lake, but it goes through the tax deduction of of the five hundred one c three. So that's something definitely to consider, um, and doesn't stop you from getting money now and getting more money.
0: And if not, I know a few people that might be willing to do that for you. For you, there's people out there.
1: I'll tell you this is why I love this show. Mm-hmm. It's exactly why I bring more people on here
3: instead of just having one at mm-hmm. a time. You were saying that the other day yep.
1: too. So I got a few other questions for you. Um, so you talked about. Well, first of all, I'm gonna go back to your catering just for a second. If, uh, if people want to get a hold of you for a catering, Right, uh, you know, I'm sure it's holidays and things they may have parties, or even first of the year. How can somebody get a hold of you for for catering?
3: Honestly, just my phone number. Okay. I don't have a website right. or anything like that yet, but I'm all right. learning all of that stuff now through the nonprofit organization. Okay,
1: so I'm going to ask three a three part question. It's all advice that I want you to give people. Okay, okay. It's, it's three parts. The okay. one is it's going to be very kind of personal, but there may be somebody listening who is going through a certain situation that you've gone through with their child. I'd like for you to give them some uh, hope, you know, advice, even if it's seem may seem grim on the outcome. It's really, as you said, she was helped four other families, Mm -hmm. right? That's the first part of the question. The second part is give advice on starting a business because you've done that with your catering and you're doing that with your life insurance, right? And the third part is you're going through the process of becoming a 501c3 nonprofit. Give some advice on what somebody should do to start a nonprofit. If you can't remember those, I'll ask him again. But Okay. Um that
3: first one is really hitting home because I was gonna make sure I said it anyways. Um I just feel like I always have to tell people that God is gonna meet you where you're at, regardless of what it is you're going through. He's gonna be with you at the high the highest part of the mountains all the way to the, the deepest lows of the valleys, he's gonna be with you. And there's nothing you can really do wrong. There's no manuscript on how you're supposed to grieve. There's However you feel like you have to get your fix, he's still going to meet you where you're at. He's so good and yep. his goodness is going to come through all of the bad. Everything happens for a reason and it's all because of the things that he's working, things that he's trying to make happen that we can't see because we're only seeing what's happening right in front right. of us.
1: And there's no coincidences.
3: There's no coincidences.
1: Hence the reason they just gave you some good advice about finding a nonprofit yeah. to do that, right? <laughs> Um, All right. Second question. Give somebody some advice on starting a business.
3: Mm, Just go for it and be prepared to go through the blood, sweat and tears. You're not going to get compensated in the beginning. You're going to put a lot of time and not see not going to reap the benefits of it. So you have to know whatever business it is. What's your reasoning for it? All right. Why is it important to you?
1: And the same thing with the nonprofit. Why? If somebody wants to start a nonprofit, there's a lot to do. A nonprofit more so than I would even say even just starting a business. Mm-hmm. Um share. I'm learning that, yeah. yeah.
3: Um
1: I mean you you and I sat down and talked yesterday and I mentioned something about insurance for your nonprofit. That was something you didn't That even think wasn't about.
3: even on my radar at all. I have insurance for the other stuff, for the other two businesses, but not for the the nonprofit. Um I guess I think one of us had already said, I think it might have been you finding something that you're passionate about. You know, in my case, it's this because it happened to me. I don't I want to be able to help other families. I want to be able to be that support system for them if they need somebody to talk to, too. So I guess if anybody's listening right now that's recently lost a child or if you're in the hospital right now, if you could give me a call at 678-346-5134 sometimes it helps just to know you have somebody to talk to yeah. and when it's somebody that's outside of your circle. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Cause I, I did have that with somebody and it, it makes a huge difference. right?
1: And I mean, it doesn't matter the, the time of year. It's tough anytime, but this time of year, particularly reach out to somebody if you need to talk to somebody. Yes. Um. All right. Before I get to the last question for everybody, um, you're fairly new to the Carswell business club that we introduced you to. I'm right. Excited. And so I don't know if you've networked any time before that, but do you have a positive a story you can share just from your networking, even if it's fairly new
3: before coming to oh, any time, okay. even if it's now or, or it's when? a more recent one. So Scotland that uh, you had mentioned, mm-hmm. she's um, my husband's. Well, she's my cousin. She's my family. I love her and I love what she does. But um she had reached out to me and told me that she came and spoke on this podcast. And so she thought it would be good for me just to, you know, talk about Jazzy Hearts. So I reached out to you, of course. And then you tell me to, you know, you're um, inviting me to this Cartersville Business Club. And so I go there. And when I go there, I meet Paul and his, well, I didn't meet his partner then, but I met Paul who said that he could help me to build a website and be able to continue selling the t-shirts, which is him and his partner, Rebecca, that's where the Fit Apparel on the the website dot like jazzyhearts.fitapparel.biz. They've built this website for me, for Jazzy Hearts, not for me, but it's for this whole Jazzy Heart community is what I like to call it. to where people can go on there and they can purchase the t-shirts and it's at no cost to me, but they're getting compensated. And then Jazzy Hearts is also getting compensated. And then the logo is getting pushed around for everybody to mm-hmm. see also. And that that all came from just Scotland sending me a text message. And now I have a website and through through just talking with you. And, um, you put me on game Wednesday, this past Wednesday about the, uh, blink is like, I yep. think is how you pronounce it. Yep. And so now I have a digital business card and, um, I got to meet the manager for the new bank that's getting, that's being opened. And I can't wait to, you know, hopefully be able to work with them. And just it's networking is, it's just a matter of taking the initiative. If somebody's like, Hey, I know somebody that does this or this, they might be helpful for you. It's just a matter of you taking that one step right. to reach out to whoever it is that contact is. Again, it's
1: not about you. It's helping other people. Yeah. And, and Scotland didn't tell you the story. The reason we know Scotland is because when we did the Northwest Georgia Rising Stars magazine, we did a story on her organization and oh, okay. that's been 2018.
3: Oh, okay.
1: So, um, all right, real quick, uh, Kimberly remind, r- remind everybody the date of the polar plunge and you need to send me the new flyer so I can get it yes. up. It
0: is December 17th at 2 PM at the, um, on Lake Alatuna and off of Kellogg Creek Road.
1: Okay. Uh, Before we wrap this up, there's two other questions or one other question that I like to do. And it's for all three of you. Um, I'd like for each of you to give either uh, one word. you've done this already, but one word, one quote, or just a positive nugget that people can live the rest of 2023, which is only a few days left and beyond with. So Kimberly, I'm going to start with you this time. What do you got?
0: Um, I'm going to go with our slogan is to put back more than you take, whether that's in um, nature or family or faith or anything that, you know, you come across in life, put back more than you take.
1: Awesome. Teresa.
3: Well, I already shared one little nugget. I feel like the other one is don't be so hard on yourself. Life is just hard in general and nobody's, nobody's pain or struggle is necessarily greater than the next. Like sometimes when, I Like I recently spoke to one of my friends and she was saying like she just didn't feel like everybody's going through something. So I think a lot of us feel like we don't want to talk about what it is that we're going, whatever our struggle is, because in my situation, I feel like people look at me like, oh, you lost a child. Like your situation is so much worse than mine. And that's not necessarily the case. Everybody's. Everybody's going through their own pain and struggles and based off of their own experiences is the extremity of what it feels like, the weight of what it feels like to them. So just don't be so hard on yourself. Life is hard. And as long as you're trying your best, you're doing great.
1: Mm. William.
2: Maybe a bit inappropriate, just um, obviously with our indoor space um, and the fact that it's almost the end of the year and you're trying to push through, it's literally go balls
1: to the walls. And that's
2: yeah. literally what we're doing in our right. space, so yeah. no there you go, more apropos there you <laughs> go.
1: The other thing that's a lost art these days is the thank you, so I want to thank each of you, uh William, thank you for what you're doing for all the different nonprofits and specifically in Cherokee County. Kimberly thank you for what you're doing in the community here in uh Cherokee and uh Ackworth, you know it's ackworth too um and then Teresa, thank you for what you're doing for all the community in bartow but also all the families that you. Uh, and Jazzy have touched everybody out there listening. Let's remember, let's be positive. Let's be charitable.